sometimes we look at this land of the free and we forget it's free today, but it wasn't freely given to us. It was bought by the blood of over 1.3 million of the greatest heroes this world has ever known. So, amen. And in the same way, the freedom that you and I experience out there and that we experience here today in our spirit, we experience here today in our heart, we experience here today with our joy, it didn't come cheap either. 2,000 years ago, it was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And since then, it, is, it has been renewed and it has been revived and it has been brought back and it has been spread all over the earth by the sweat and blood of disciples and saints and martyrs now for 2,000 years. Um, Beverly, would you give me a slide? Will you give me that Acts chapter 2 slide? I'm going jump, to jump to that. I'm gonna come, I'll come back and get in line in a minute. I want to jump ahead to something. You know, this early church that, that uh, back in those days, you know, the early church, I mean, we look at them, and, and we're not going to read the, the verses there. But I just wanted to remind you of who they were. These people changed the world. These people took the gospel of Jesus Christ and changed the whole world. I mean, you look around you, and there is so much that even, even for those who aren't Christians in our world today, there's so much that revolves around Jesus Christ, the Bible, Christianity, this history of the church. The Roman Empire. I mean, I mean, even even you know the Catholic Church, and as far away as it's gotten from, you know, just pure Christianity. I mean, still it still revolves. I mean, even mistakes that people make and things that people do. Our date, our calendar, all of these things revolve around this. These people changed the world, and what did they do it with? They didn't have computers. Man, you can't have church without a computer, can you? But you got to have a video projector, right? You got to have a, cam- uh, a, a, a computer to hook up to it. You got you got to have. They did it without computers. They they did it with you know w- w- without programs. They did it without all the all the great ideas. They did it without conferences and seminars. That man, we pastors, we're going to and we're you know we're reading people's blogs. We're doing everything we can to you know to to, to find some more inspiration to to get. They did it without all that. They did it without a building. Without a building. They didn't even have a building. They changed the world, and they didn't even have a building with a sign out front with the name of the church on it. They did it without all of that. And, you know, a lot of times I, I, I look around and I think, man, how, you know, how soft we have become. I mean, how would, we, how would you have done? If you ask yourself that question, how would you have done in those days? How would we as a church have done in the days that everybody didn't love us? that everybody wouldn't bowing down and say, oh man, good job, church. How would we have done in those days? You know, they, they, they didn't have a whole lot, but they had three things. And yesterday, uh, God just started pouring some things into me. I thought, man, this has got to be a sermon series this summer. These three things right here, I'm going to tell them to you, but I don't have time to preach them to you, okay? I'm going to tell you real quick. Is These three things that they had. First of all, they had a message. They had a message, and this message was in their heart and their spirit, and they would not let the message go. They had a commitment. That's why they gave their life. That's why James gave his life, was because of his commitment to who he was. That's why uh, uh, um, 
uh, Stephen, probably the first martyr of the Christian church. So that's why he gave his life. That's why his blood was spilled as they stoned him to death because of his message and his commitment to the message. And because they had the message and they had the commitment, they had the help of God. If you've got, the, if you've got a message, if you've got a commitment to, to that and everything God's called, you're going to have the help of God. Somebody hear me today. Because, uh, as, listen, air conditioner went out on my trooper, my beloved trooper that's 19 and a half years old. It's more nostalgic value than, believe me, I checked the blue book this week. There's a whole lot more nostalgic value than there is uh, money value. But, and the air conditioner went out, and I'm trying to figure out, do I spend 600 something dollars on an air conditioner, or do I just junk the thing and, and start all over? My, my lawnmower went out on me yesterday. It's parked you know, down at the back of my, my uh, you know, my yard because it went out. The, I think a drive belt went out or something on it and also got another couple problems with it. And man, I, you know, I could say, man, I've had problems this week, but I look around and I see people with real problems, real issues. I said, man, that I have to have to buy a new lawnmower. I'm going to get to ride a new one once I buy it, you know. I have to buy a new lawnmower and we forget and we forget, we forget. Some of you have real problems. You're, you know, I'm not talking about my lawnmower situation. I'm not talking about the air conditioner in my car. I mean, if the air conditioner in your car breaks down, that's the worst problem you've had in a month. You need to fall on your face and say, thank God, this is the worst problem I've had in a month. Because there are people here today that are struggling. There are families here today that are struggling. Some of the things, you know, I, I can't share is personal stuff, but there, there are things that are struggling. I want to speak to you. You know, and I'm, ta- I'm not talking to you guys that, like me, your air conditioner went out this week, okay? I'm not talking to you. That's, you know, I'm not, let's don't cheapen this thing. Let's make this serious. For those of you who have serious issues and needs today, I want to tell you something. You have a message. You might have forgotten that message, but you have a message. If somebody asks you today, tell me about Jesus, what do you share with them? Do you tell them what pastor says about Jesus? Do you tell them what, what the disciples said about, or do you tell them what you, you have a message. Get back to your message. Do you know what your message is as a Christian? You know what your message to share with somebody is? This is what he's done for me. You know, I mean, those of you like me, you say, worst problem I've had in a month is an air conditioner going out in my car. I mean, that's what he's done. I mean, you have a message, and if you'll be committed committed to God, committed to those around you, and committed to your message, then you have the help of God. Some of you say, I don't know how I've even made it through this week. I do, because you have had the help of God. He's gotten you through. But you know what? These aren't the last people to give their sweat and blood. You know, you hear about it. I wanted to bring you some video today. You know, there are people in other parts of the world especially like in Central America, in the mountain churches, that they walk for miles and miles just to get. I'm so glad we had a picture of this. Just so they can get to a place where they can stand for hours to hear the Word of God. And this, as this picture shows, you know, they can't even get in the building. I'm so glad we found this video clip for you to see of people who will walk for miles to stand for hours and not even get a seat inside the building. I mean, we complain about the seats, right? We complain about not having enough or about them being too tight or about, or about somebody getting our seat, right? And they don't even get a seat. Or I'm, I'm sorry, here's, here's a, a church in China. They meet in a cave because it's illegal for them to meet. They're meeting in a cave and worshiping God. They, they awaken at 4.30 every single day to come to church before work, spend two hours in a cave worshiping Him and seeking Him because they are so hungry. 
for what God has given to them. They're so hungry because they're so empty. Uh, and other churches in, in China, and this is one, uh, the, the missionary says that, that it gets in the summer it gets up to 120 degrees inside this building. And they go and on Sundays they stand and they listen for 10 and 12 hours to hear the Word of God. In places like Iran and India, where it is illegal. And sometimes they wink at it for a little while, and then the church is literally attacked by the police, breaking the, door, uh, the, the windows, tear gas. And they go in and they, and, and they round them up and they haul them out, bring them out into the streets, beating them, uh, gathering them together so they can arrest them and take them away. And, uh, these people, just because they attend a Christian church, and these kids, because they attend a Christian school. They're run out of the Christian school, beaten all the way out. Some of them bloodied, and some, one, one even uh, is knocked unconscious. You'll see there at the end. And as they're, as, as they're running away, they're still being beaten. Parents trying to get their kids and get them away. We're so, we need to remember. Remember how blessed we are. I mean, what, if, what, what have we really sacrificed for the cause of Christ? What is it that we've, what is it that we have been, we've been called to give to Him? Oh, we need to remember. I mean, if some of these could, could, could join us this morning, they'd look around and say, wow, you guys have a palace to have church in. They'd be, some of them just be amazed at the air conditioning. You guys get to go to church in air conditioning every week? You know, and all this stuff? You guys have musical instruments. You don't have to sing a cappella. You know, just try to make something up as you go. Some of them would just be amazed at the fact that they can say, thank God, and walk out the door and not be beaten or arrested. We need to remember. Because I believe that the Christian church in America has forgotten. We have forgotten how good we have it. We have forgotten that we serve a God that is all-powerful and able to do things that we can't even imagine. We've forgotten, and we need to remember. Because if we don't, we'll be like Israel. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, they were God's chosen people. He had given them every advantage in the world. I mean, anytime an enemy came against them, God was right there. But they forgot that, and they forgot Him. And they took him for granted. You know what it means to take, you know what it means to take somebody for granted? You know what it means to take God for granted? It means to no longer ask, God, what is your will for my life? It means to choose every day to do your thing instead of somebody else's thing, instead of God's thing. It means to say, well, you know, I've got it figured out now, God. I'll let you know when I got a problem and take him for granted. And Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 4 took him for granted at a place called Ebenezer. That's a weird name, isn't it? Y'all ever heard that name before? No, no, a church named Ebenezer. We got one in our, in our general area named Ebenezer. Weird name is, why in the world is it called? Actually, in, in, in chapter 4, it's not even called Ebenezer yet, but they go ahead and use the term there because they want you to understand it's the exact same place as in 1 first chap, Samuel chapter 7. In 1 first cha, first Samuel chapter 7, they're in the exact same place. Let's look at it. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, that's actually the place. It's going to get named uh, Ebenezer here in just a minute. The rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. Same enemy that they had in chapter 4. Israelites, Philistines, same place. 
Everything is, just seems to be exactly the same as chapter 4, but this is chapter 7. You know, probably the only thing that's changed at this point is the fact that the Philistines are now like, wow, man, you know, we've beaten the Israelites, and, you know, they're pumped up, they're ready for another fight, and the Israelites are, oh, no, we've been beaten, and they're dreading another fight. It says, when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. He wasn't praying five and dime prayers, the kinds that most Christians in America pray. I mean, when, I mean, when you see those pictures of the Chinese Christians in a cave with a tear streaming down, does that not look, I, don't, you know, I, I guess that's tongue-in-cheek, right? Does that not look foreign to you besides them being Chinese? I mean, doesn't it look weird to you that people are so, so enthralled and in, in the middle of their prayers? This was no, I like to call them five and dime. This is no five and dime prayer. He, they said, Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord for us. So he took a suckling lamb. He sacrifices a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. What has happened? Nothing has changed. They're in the same place, same enemy. It's the same people. God hasn't changed. You know what's happened? Their attitude toward God. They remembered where their help came from. They remembered who was, who was the one that had delivered them before and the reason they were defeated before. And so now they're remembering again. And while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. And the men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shin, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now, I, haven't, I, I, I haven't liked that verse there and that last part of that because when I read that, I think, man, he, he was struggling with his faith a little bit. That's a statement of doubt, you know, saying, all right, God's helped us this much. Ooh, I hope he'll be here tomorrow. I mean, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? You know, that's the way I've kind of read that. But man, when I read this and I realized, and you go back to chapter 4 and say, wait a minute, they missed it in chapter 4. Chapter 7, they get it together. And so here's what Samuel's doing. He sets up this big stone this big rock, and he says, thus far, God has helped us. Or up to this point, because you remembered to honor him, that he is the source. You remembered who he was. You remembered what he has done. You remember what he could do. And because you remembered him and said, God, you are our help and you are our source. Samuel, cry out to God. Don't cease to cry out and pray. Because you remembered that, God's helped us to this point. And you get to decide what tomorrow's like. Are you going to remember him tomorrow? Are you going to honor him tomorrow? Are, are you going to forget? As soon as the pastor's sermon is over today, uh, this sermon about remembering who he is, remembering everything that other people have done, remembering that we've got it so easy, are you going to forget it tomorrow? Are you going to say, no, God has helped us to this point, and I want him to help me again tomorrow. With everything that is within me, I'm going to remember who he is. I'm going to honor him for what he has done. I'm going to believe in him, and I'm going to cry out to him that he is going to do this thing for me. That crazy, strange, silly word Ebenezer means stone of help. He was saying, because God has been our help, He's been our rock. Our rock of help. The rock that you can count on. That every time you go to Him, not taking Him for granted, but every time you seriously go to Him, He's always there. He's always there. There's never been someone who has cried out in sincerity of heart that God hasn't been there. He's the rock. 
He's the one that never changes. He's the one you can stand on. He's firm today. He'll be firm tomorrow. He'll be your strong power today. He'll be your strong power tomorrow. He'll help you today. He'll help you tomorrow. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning anything you face, it'll always be there. So we need to remember this. Remember also that their God is your God. That same God that is the rock that was their help is the rock that is your help today. No matter what you face this past week, it's the rock that's gotten you through. And it's the rock that's going to help you with tomorrow as well. Don't worry about 10 years down the road. Don't worry about 10 months down the road. Don't worry about 10 days down the road. All we need to worry about is today. And guess what? That God is showing up today to let you know that He is there. We need to remember that He is that God. He's not the God. Remember this. He is not the God that is counting. Oh, there's another one. Counting all your mistakes. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. That's not who he is. He's not the God that counts our mistakes. He's the God that counts the moments until you turn back from your mistakes and turn back to him and say, God, I need you. He's the God that counts the moments until you say, I'm ready, God, for you to make this thing work in my life again. Bring your power and anointing and strength into my life one more time and give me victory. Give me freedom and turn away from the chains that you've been wrapping yourself up with and let him set you free. He's counting the moments. Until you say, God, I need you. Remember. Remember that it was a baby that came in a manger, but it was the Son of God. Remember who he was when he came. We just sang a song, and I know it was new for most of you. That song in the beginning of the course talked about lifting up my hands. I'm going to lift up my hands till I can reach heaven. My goodness, how long am I going to have to lift my hands till I can reach heaven? Not long at all. The reason he came as a human being, a baby in a manger, was so you didn't have to find a ladder to climb to him. He came and he brought heaven to earth so that now his heaven and our earth, who he is in our existence today, have become one and united. Remember, he's already done that. If you need him today, you don't, you don't have to chase him. You don't have to run for him. You don't have to uh, go find him. You don't have to find a way to get to him. He's already come to you. Remember Calvary. Remember, uh, remember the resurrection, the empty tomb. Remember all that he's done. And remember your own personal Ebenezer. You got one? Do you have a personal Ebenezer moment in your life where God showed up? I know there's a lot of times, you know, things work out, and I say, that might have been God. You ever, you ever think that? There are some times, though, that I know it was God. It was an Ebenezer moment. That moment I needed, man, I got to remember this one. This is going to get me through some rough days. It's going to get me through some dark times. It's going to get me through some, some moments that I don't think I can hang on. I'm, I've got to remember. Do you have an Ebenezer moment? Let me, let me answer for everybody in this room. Yes, every one of you has an Ebenezer moment. You might not know when yours was. Even if you say, well, I'm not. Pastor, I, you don't know me. I don't know you. I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus. You still have an Ebenezer moment. There's been times in your life you wouldn't be here today if he hadn't shown up and done something for you. Every one of us has an Ebenezer moment. And, and you Christians, come on. You missed them too. 
There have been times God has shown up and he has delivered us and he has set us free again, broken the chains off of us, given us a victory, whatever. And we're like, man, I, woo, glad for that. Thank you for about 15 seconds and forget about it. Amen or oh me. We've forgotten and we've missed or, or we've totally ignored. We all have our Ebenezer moments and we need to remember those. We need to look back to those times. And some of you are going through a tough time right now. You need to look back to your Ebenezer moment. And say, wait a minute, if he was strong then, he is still strong today. If he delivered me yesterday, he can deliver me today. If he can whip that enemy yesterday, he can definitely whip every enemy I face from day to day. You need to remind yourself. Stir yourself up. Like the psalmist said, bless the Lord. Come on, soul, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. He's saying, come on, soul, you got to remember and remember all of the benefits and all the things that he has done for me. Do you need some help? Let me see if I can give you just a little help and just remember. Come on, worship with me. Worship with this. Jesus. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. It's all finished. It's all finished. Jesus. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me if you will. It's all finished. You got your Ebenezer moment in mind? When he said, that's finished. It won't ever happen again. It's done in your life. You're delivered. You're set free. Amen. You know, I got to figure out how to pay for a lot more. Let me tell you something. I, I was telling somebody early in, in the early service, right before service, I said, how's your week been? I said, oh man, it's been great. Glad to be here. I said, I know, yeah, a whole lot of places could have been. You know, I'm, I, I'm glad. Thank God, I'm glad I'm not sitting at home like Mac is this morning. We need to remember Mac in prayer, our, our, our guitarist, Emma's husband. Bad accident this week. We need to remember him in prayer. He's in, in severe pain, having a lot, of, a lot of issues. We need to remember him. Thank God I wasn't in the ER this week. I mean, I'm blessed. Thank God. Got a message from Sherry Wheeler yesterday, that, uh, last night, about 9 o'clock that yesterday afternoon. Uh, a couple of members of her family had a bad motorcycle accident, and one of them didn't make it. And the other was in the hospital with a broken back. And the kids don't know that their mom's not coming home yet. They need prayer. They need prayer. They need somebody to, to, to get their Ebenezer moment and just believe in faith that they're going to have one today too. They need that. Uh, my my mother-in-law's last couple of weeks really taking a turn for the worst. You know, she needs prayer today. I, I could name some others that are personal. They, they're just... Some situation, just connected situations there we just don't need to speak about. There, there are people who are standing here right now that they are as blessed as me, but they can't feel it because they've got a problem. Because instead of seeing the Ebenezer stone in their life, they're seeing the enemy or the, the battle or the struggle or the, the need or the whatever. We need to help them see the Ebenezer stone. We need to remind them, and we need to be praying for them. And listen, if you need prayer, please, when we start praying in a moment, just come to the front, and we'll be glad to pray with you. If you need prayer over a situation like that, here's what I ask you to do. We'll sing one last song. This song we're going to sing is about the presence of God, and, and, and there's something I always think about, and I've said this to you, so you know, just act like I've you know, got a little memory problem this morning. I hadn't said it first, and just start all over that this song talks about how everything has to bow in His presence. 
And so if you got a problem, don't leave it at home. Don't leave it outside the door. Grab it with both hands. Drag it into his presence. <laughs>